Let's get that audio up and running. Let's get that video on and recording. Uh, let's try it out. I'm only working a uh, five-hour shift today. Now, sisters and brothers, we know we got over by the blood, the sweat, and the tears of sheroes and heroes, some whose names we know and some whose names we do not know. But I will tell you something. We have been here before. Now, the only difference is we got some company, Rev. We got our gay lesbian sisters and brothers with us this time. We got our Hispanic, Asian, Native American sisters and brothers with us this time. I think Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King said we may not have gotten here on the same ship, but we are in the same boat right now. In Father Teresa's Wine Cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. Alright, WineCellarMedia.com, William J. Jackson here, and always taking a look at my decibels once more, never hurts to give it another look there, you might get surprised in a horrible way, a little bit of news, a little bit of action, didn't want to go overdoing it, right, this is like the first fucking like regular kind of short day of work really a five hour work day is a short work day i might see about um maybe flipping that to seven hours i'll take a look with the person on first shift see if they uh, see if they want to leave early or if they want to keep those hours i don't want to come in and take niggas hours and shit i can go snag another gig part-time or something right like some three day a week joint just do double shifts like three days a week something like that right all right, but we do have uh, some interesting whatnot and what have you. I don't know much about this Neil Young nigga. All right, I don't know this Neil Young nigga. I read a little bit. Old folksy type nigga likes to sing his songs. The nigga got polio and his walking got all fucked up. And the nigga does not take this vaccine shit as a joke. <laughs> This nigga Neil Young uh, is very serious about this vaccine shit. And I'm looking over here at CBS News and an article up by Sophie Reardon. That's, damn, that's your name. All right, Sophie Reardon. Uh, and this article is literally up to fucking day, January 31st, 2022. 
uh, time of recording, 12.32 in the p.m. Holy shit. Uh, Spotify says it will add advisory to podcasts that discussed COVID-19 amid Joe Rogan controversy. All right, because there's more folks. Um, Another individual by the name of Brene Brown uh, says they won't be releasing uh, podcast episodes to the Spotify and, uh, and I don't know all the other folks. I don't really know if Spotify is going to give a holy hell or at least, you know, the, the, the money, the money grabbers behind Spotify money grabbers. That sounds anti-Semitic. Let me flip that. The fucking the profiteers. Yeah. Something about money grabbers. I bet that I bet somewhere if I read like five books, I'll there's it's anti-Semitic. Sounds like it. All right. So Spotify said Sunday that they'll add an advisory to podcasts that discuss COVID-19 the announcement comes after Neil Young and Joni Mitchell uh, decided to leave the streaming service due to COVID-19 misinformation on the platform. Again, folks that I'm not really familiar with, but you know. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. I'm always on board. All right. So the um, uh, they have a quote here from someone named E.K. Eck, let me see. Uh, quote. Based on the feedback over the last several weeks, it's become clear to me that we have an obligation to do more to provide balance and access to widely accepted information from the medical and scientific communities guiding us through this unprecedented time. Uh, that's from uh, uh, CEO Daniel Eck. Okay, that damn. All right, Daniel Eck. His whole last name is just E.K., And uh, the advisory will direct listeners to its COVID-19 hub, a resource that provides easy access to data-driven facts, up-to-date information as shared by scientists, physicians, academics, and public health authorities. The people that you would actually want to see that are never, ever going to look at that shit. That's like telling them that the um, watching the sexual harassment training video at work is voluntary. They are never, ever going to look at that shit on their own. That's not who they want it from. They hate the nerds, all right? They want it from Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan markets markets himself as a dipshit, right? And um, I guess you could say, like, on topics, yeah, he is a fucking dipshit. But, like, he is smart as far as, like, he goes where the money goes. Like, he's pro-profit motive, and he's going to do what gets him paid. And, like, pandering to right-wingers gets you fucking paid. Left is broke, nigga. I wouldn't know. Like I said, trying to run a podcast on $400 a month. Um, On Tuesday, uh, back to the article, cbsnews.com. On Tuesday, um, the artist Neil Young was the first to announce he was pulling his music from Spotify, saying that he did not want to be on the same platform as podcaster Joe Rogan. Uh, who has who has expressed skepticism over COVID-19 vaccines and said he took ivermectin uh, after testing positive for the virus himself and recently had on a controversial guest who claimed roughly one-third of the population is basically being hypnotized and compared the U.S.'s pandemic response to Nazi Germany. And as, like, if you're in any lefty spaces, you saw the shit with the fucking, um... The, the goys, right? The goy niggas out there, the goyim out there uh, with the motherfucking yellow triangles on they shit. 
out there marching. They need their ass beat, nigga. I don't know what anybody else's commentary was. It just beat the living shit out of them. That's it. Like, there is no talking to these people. There's no educating these people. They don't... They, they want this. Like, frankly, I... At this point, I have to assume that they know they're wrong, but they want to be wrong. They enjoy the contrarianism. And they enjoy the danger with it. How circular is the Venn diagram of these people and people that think bungee jumping is a good idea? They're like, it's fun. Danger is fun to people like this. Comes with Western culture. Need a great replacement. Um, and then uh, since Young's uh, announcement, a fellow music, back to the CBSnews.com article, article up by, um, what's her name? Reardon? Sophie Reardon. Unfortunate name. Um, for the journalists here. Uh, since uh, Neil Young's announcement, the fellow musician uh, Mitchell uh, said she would join him in leaving the platform. Uh, the head of the World Health Organization praised Neil Young for his decision. And Mr. Young uh, think, um, he said, quote, thanks for standing up against uh, misinformation and inaccuracies around COVID-19, around the COVID-19 vaccination. And that's a quote from Tedros Adnoham Gabriesis. That nigga's name is spelled T E D R O S A D H A N O M and G H E B R E Y E S U S. You pronounce that shit. <laughs> and um, uh, further quoting uh, T A G Tag. Uh, Tag also said uh, public and private sector, in particular, social media platforms. A bunch of hashtags in here. They're quoting this nigga's tweet. A lot of hashtagging. Social media platforms, media individuals. We all have a role to play to end this pandemic. And excuse me, yawn before the last word. Pandemic and infodemic. An infodemic. Again, nigga, that's just Western culture. Run all the way back to it. Jim Crow was a minstrel character. All right, because they were lying about us. Westerners lie. That's what they do. They hate facts. Well, they hate how facts make them look when they're said out loud, when words have new connotations. <laughs> All right. Um, s- sliding it on over here, because there isn't much else. Well, just a little bit here. Um, uh, there is an Instagram video posted by Joe Rogan in which he promised, quote, to do my best in the future to balance things out, end quote. And then Spotify made the right move in adding the advisory, adding that he put the video up, quote, because there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging, end quote. And, you know, fuck you, Rogan. And I, and I'd say he could probably kick the shit out of me. I'd say fuck you to his fucking five foot nothing ass face. I'd give it a shot. You know what? I'd run a fade. I'll, I'll get the shit kicked out of me, but I'd run a fade with Rogan. I, I might have reach on him. I might at least be able to black an eye before I get the shit kicked out of me. Okay? <laughs> but fuck you, nigga. Right? Based on headlines. Because, like, you know who goes at the real left right the real left nigga all right not the fucking blue dog yellow dog democrat left them niggas love you all right you're you're a beta o'rourke democrat like joe he's a reagan democrat he's a beto type 
but niggas like us headlines my ass nigga we lit when we ready to critique your shit we play whole ass episodes that's why niggas like me and even even a clown ass nigga like tom from the uh so, um uh but the cognitive dissonance podcast out there in um in the uh, Chicago suburbs in Illinois, uh, Tom and Cecil, where we both, same conclusion, listen to the whole thing with Joe Rogan and Alex Jones, where Joe Rogan endorsed um, Pizzagate. And it's like, no, we heard your whole fucking program. Didn't nobody go to no damn headline, nigga. And we say your shit is irresponsible. That's the biggest word that's used around you, around people that actually know your content through and through. You're irresponsible as fuck. You're fucking sloppy, Joey. I'm saying this shit like he's listening. He's never gonna listen. But, you know, let him know. I'd run his fade. Get my ass kicked real quick. But I think I think it's worth it. It's an ethical fade. Right? Like, it's it, it would literally be taking one for the team. Right? To, to, to get at least one good fucking... One good face punch in on Rogan before I get the shit kicked out of me. I would take that one for the fucking left. <laughs> if I'm still a part of it. Alright. Dancing it forward, right? Let's see if I can't do a, a straight live to tape podcast. Uh, Twelve forty-one in the PM. <clears throat> CNN politics article up by Tammy Lubby. I think this is a name we've seen before, and they tell us that parents struggle after monthly child tax credit payments end. Let's see where this is going. So. Losing the enhanced monthly child tax credit pushed by uh, Joy Lansdowne to start toilet training her daughter, Khaleesi, who turned two. They always, they start with someone's uh, personal story, right? So they're noting a person named Joy Lansdowne, and they're about to start potty training their daughter. And a quote from uh, Joy, who's a 26-year-old, says, that is a huge expense, end quote. And, uh, and uh, Joy is 26 and worked as a caseworker for the state of Maryland until the fall and until the fall and had hoped she'd continue receiving the $300 monthly infusion this year. Uh, quote, when you don't have the funds to cover those things, you get um, you've got to get creative, end quote. Now, uh, Joy Lonsdowne, who uh, who also cut off cable at her uh, Martinsburg home in Virginia uh, to help her afford the mortgage, is looking for a job. But it's not easy since she'd have to shell out hundreds of dollars a month for child care for her daughter, uh, Callacy, and her baby sister, Lilani, uh, who's four months old. Joy has a, me- has a message for her senator, Joe Manchin, a Democrat whose strong opposition to extending the enhanced credit for another year was a leading cause of the Senate's failure to pass the party's sweeping uh, spending package last month. Quote, go speak to the working class and see how they feel. I will tell you, it helped a lot. And now I'm in a predicament where I can't work because there is no child tax credit to help me with daycare. End quote. I can't work. She can't just leave her kid with any the fuck body. Manchin effectively put the negotiations over the uh, Build Back Better package. It's a terrible name. Uh, he, he put it on ice last month. We all, we know the Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema story. 
uh, moving forward a little bit more. Uh, Democratic supporters of the enhanced credit aren't giving up so easily. Five senators, Michael Bennett of Colorado, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, Cory Booker of New Jersey, sure, Raphael Warnock of Georgia, and Ron Wyden of Oregon, last week wrote a letter to Biden and Vice President Kamala urging them to secure an extension of the credit. Yes, they wrote a letter. That's, uh, that's how you move things along. You see, you get in there, you write those letters, you establish a pen palsmanship so that you can engage in pen palsian activities. We'll all be pen pals, and that will help people make ends, pal, <laughs> if you will. Um, uh, quote uh, from the letter, the expanded CTC, child tax credit, is a signature domestic policy achievement of this administration and has been an overwhelming success. The consequences of failing to extend the CTC expansion are dire, particularly as families face another wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. After history, um, after historic progress, it is unacceptable to return to status quo in which children are America's poorest residents and child poverty cost our nation more than one trillion dollars per year, end quote, from this letter to their new pen pals, Joe and Kamala Devi. Again, Kamala, Indian name, Devi, Indian name, Harris, British name, father, bright light right next to white, bloodline from the ownership class in Jamaica's sugarcane industries. Kamala Devi is literally not black, like actually not black. All right, <laughs> continuing. The Democrats' 1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package, which Biden signed into law in March, made three significant changes to the child tax credit for 2021. It increased the maximum credit to $3,600 for children under six and $3,000 for those ages six to 17. Heads of households earning up to $112,500 a year and married couples making up to $150,000 a year were eligible for the full amount. Also, it made the credit fully refundable to the lowest income families that could qualify, and it sent half the credit to families in monthly installments of up to $300 from July through December uh, <clears throat> uh, to help them cover expenses. More than 36 million families with more than 61 million kids received monthly payments, which totaled more than $93 billion. That would be everybody, not one household. Prior to the expansion, eligible parents received a credit of up to $2,000 for children up to age 17 when they filed their taxes. That is what in effect for 2022. Um, that is what is in effect for 2022 since the enhancement has expired. All right. Now... It was ironic because I did not plan on having these stories right next to each other. All right. But I thought, hey, let's um, let's just hop from that one and run to businessinsider.com. But then dance it back to December 21st just for the headline. The headline, New York City companies will have to share job salaries up front and it could help close the pay gap. All right, that's it. Headline, got that in. Now, 
on over to businessinsider.com. Article up by Sam Tabariti. Seems like a familiar name. We've seen this name before in the wine cellar. Article up January 30th. That would be yesterday. Time of recording right now, 1248 in the p.m. January 31st. Now, what I see is um, a pay transparency that will force many New York City companies to share salary ranges in job ads is drawing criticism from some business groups. <sighs> New York City's pay transparency bill requires companies to display minimum and maximum salaries in job ads. Some businesses are opposed to the mandate and have expressed concern about its impact. Quote, it's just the wrong solution, end quote, from someone, the chief executive of the Partnership for New York City, told the Wall Street Journal? Why would the chief executive for the Partnership for New York City say that to the Wall Street Journal? Let's fucking see. Hey, get my notes in order there, buddy. All right. So the um, job postings in New York City will soon have to include salary ranges as part of its new paid transparency bill. But as the Wall Street Journal reported, some business groups are unhappy with the mandate. Under the New York City human rights law, it um, it will be unlawful for companies to advertise a job promotion or transfer opportunity without giving the minimum and maximum salary for the role. Some companies are exempt, however, including those with uh, so some companies are exempt, however, including those with uh, fewer than four employees. Partnership for New York City, a business group that builds partnerships between businesses and government, have opposed the law despite their support to tackle the gender pay gap. Despite their support to tackle the gender pay gap. Let's go back to Business Insider for uh, December 21st, 2021. Headline... New York City companies will have to share job salaries up front, and it could help close pay gap. Let's go, let's go, let's go back forward. Let's go back forward to January 30th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do stuff. <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> Catherine Wild, that's actually her name. Catherine is wild. Catherine Wild is the chief exe- is the chief executive of the partnership and told the outlet that the measure added to the perception that New York is unfriendly to business. Quote, it's just the wrong solution. It could never have been allowed to go. It should never have been allowed to go through. End quote. As insiders uh, Jason Lalaji reported in December, the uh, previous article that we just needed the headline from, uh, they tell us that data shows that pay transparency can help people of color and women, uh, by women they mean white women, achieve pay equity. I, you, I, and I say that part because 
that's not even like a critique of any individual person. When people say people of color and women, and I say they mean white women, because that's literally how like deep white supremacy is ingrained in us, that people just say that without skipping a beat, without pausing to think that they're just lumping all women that aren't white in with all the cis men among them as just people of color. Like, white women are literally a separate class. And I mean, if so, naturally in our language, must be so in real life. We all see it. We all just say it. All right. And uh, so moving forward, uh, again, from uh, Insider's uh, previous article from Jason Laleji, um, that uh, help women and people of color achieve pay equity. It may also help ease the labor shortage which has negatively affected both large and small companies for many months. The law is being introduced to address the pay gap between men and women, among other reasons. Women earn 84% of what men earned in 2020, according to the Pew Research Center. The New York City Commission on Human Rights, a group that seeks to combat discrimination and ensure human rights are respected, plans to initially help businesses and employees understand the new law and how best to implement it. In a statement uh, to the Wall Street Journal, uh, Sapona V. Raj, deputy commissioner of the, uh, of the commission's law enforcement bureau, said, quote, Our immediate goal is not to penalize, but to educate and work together with the city's business community, community while still ensuring that individuals have experienced um, that individuals who have experienced discrimination are able to receive damages. New York's current minimum wage is $13.20. That's my own note that I found interesting. And who knows why I find these things interesting. All right, but that's just to note. Right now in this moment, as this podcast goes up, their minimum wage is $13.20. But also, Catherine Wilde, who we mentioned, who said it's just, God, they just shouldn't fucking do it. Catherine Wilde is president and CEO of the nonprofit uh, Partnership for New York City, the city's leading business organization. Its mission is to work with government, labor, and the civic sector to build a stronger New York with a focus on education, infrastructure, and the economy. Prior to taking over the partnership presidency in 2001, Ms. Wilde, that's how they put this on here, was the founding CEO of both the partnership's housing and investment fund affiliates. She was responsible for developing and managing affordable housing and economic development programs that contributed to the renaissance, (laughs) the renaissance, okay, the renaissance of the uh, blighted urban neighborhoods across the five boroughs. You gotta wonder... If that's literally saying, hey, she helped gentrify these niggas. And I remember the irony of like seeing the headlines back to back, right? Like, man, Brooklyn's getting gentrified. Brooklyn's getting gentrified, right? Reading the hip hop forums, you know, talking to brothers out east, you know, and they're like, man, the old, uh, it, it's not looking like it used to. Talking to brothers like um, my brother Lance out there in uh, New Jersey, 
uh, you know, and uh, and he say, yo, when I go to New York, it's, it's looking a little weird, right? Remember, we saw the 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 great one was the picture of all the white people in front of the Big L mural in Harlem. But then at the same time that you're seeing that, you're seeing Sam Cedar and David Pakman are both buying studios in Brooklyn, New York, or renting studios in Brooklyn, New York. I don't know if they bought or rented, but they moved their operations out there. Like, just being part of the gentrification. It was something fun. All right? And then I thought, man, this Catherine Wilde individual, you would think that they'd be more interested in some justice. But I don't know. You know, there's this clip from September 14th, 2015 on Fox Business. And uh, and, and it's an interesting segment, especially when um when Karen Wilde comes in, right? Because they're talking about... um. Is a minimum is a minimum wage hike necessary? All right, this is a uh, 2015. All right, the, in September 14th. So this is when that damn that damn Bernie was running around, running his fucking mouth, right, disrespecting Lincoln Chafee and everyone else that was very much a serious candidate. <laughs> And uh, this is what uh, Kath- Catherine Wilde had to uh, had to contribute to the Fox News segment. Let's check it out. Of responding to all these constituents who are frustrated by income inequality, by wage stagnation. So there's a legitimate issue here, and it's one that Washington, like many others, is not dealing with. And as a result, you've had three cities, Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, go for a $15 minimum wage. And now Governor Cuomo is becoming the first governor to bring a state uh, minimum wage. Uh. So it starts out damn near like populism, right? Like D.C. is not doing any damn thing about these people that are facing stagnant wages. And then these cities are out here doing this. And now we're in New York and they're gunning for it. Remember, Fox News Studios are in New York. MSNBC Studios in New York. I think I think Chris Matthews broadcasts out of DC though. I think it's Maddow. I think it's that nighttime lineup. I think they're in New York, actually in the city. Yeah, because Maddow drives up there from Connecticut for her shift. Uh, proposal in. He has appointed a wage board that tackled it just for the fast food industry. And of course, this is a campaign that uh, the Service Employees Union has been pushing the SEIU, and he had them there to announce it with him. And he, so he's going for, he's, he has had a wage board that has approved a $15 raise for fast food restaurants. And at that press conference last week, he announced a $15 wage proposal that he will bring to the state legislature in January for an across the board uh, all industry. A lot of people say that's ingenuous because we know that the legislature will not approve that. Well, they have approved in the past. They have negotiated phased in uh, minimum wage increases when, and the governor provided that it would be a three-year phase in for New York City, a five-year phase in for New York State. So he's trying to balance that. But the point is, this is a 67% increase in our current minimum <laughs> wow. wage. Yeah. Yeah. And it falls on a few industries. This is in New York City, only 7% of employees are paid minimum wage. It's a yeah. small number of our 4 million jobs. Wait, now I don't know how true that is, but also, so because it's so few people, fuck them? Is that the argument? Like, hey, hey, small percentage. 
a small percentage can be poor. We can't, hey, everybody else can get a Ralph Lauren jacket. <laughs> but the, um, the, the industries, the service industries, restaurants, hospitality, the food service industries are the ones that are impacted. So it's concentrated in a small area. And I don't know if you've gone to uh, Home Depot or uh, some of the fast food places lately. In Home Depot, I went recently. Like I said, Home Depot or some of the fast food places, those are different jobs. Home Depot workers get a forklift driver at Home Depot is not getting the same damn wage as a cashier in food service. And there were uh, 12 cashier spots one cashier, 11 self-service. That's what all the small business owners are telling us. They're going to go exactly. automate. There's not, find me one small business, one business owner who likes this, but it, it's it's phasing things in as opposed to what in thermodynamics we call phase transition. All, you know, doubling the minimum wage just doesn't work for jobs. I mean, how clear is that message to people? And do the politicians care? They won't be around when the jobs are gone anyway. Well, it's falling on low margin industries, so there's not a lot of room. And it is definitely going to accelerate the... So they're blaming um, the minimum wage that didn't go up on self-checkout. Let's remember, this clip is from 2015. Self-checkout is still everywhere, and minimum wage has gone nowhere. New York's minimum wage, as we've noted, $13.20 right now in this moment as this episode goes up. What are you talking about, Catherine? Are you just full of shit? The move to, uh, uh, the like this type of motherfucker, like this is why 501c3s look bad, right? Because this is, um, yeah, like th this is a nonprofit organization that she's with this partnership with businesses to uh, technology replacing people. It's projected that by 2025, 30% of our current jobs will be done by robots. Yeah. Uh, the wow. studies in the fast food industry, I was talking to an investor the other day who said that all their studies... And again, they said by 2025, these lost-ass, goofy-ass fucking threats, right? I've run through the fucking GM plant out here in West Michigan. They can barely keep the fucking robot forklifts up and running all damn day without them constant cocking out with the fucking red light, right? Like, I've, I've been in the McDonald's where they've had the goddamn big-ass fucking iPad to order your shit. Barely one wants to touch that shit. And then also, still pushing these stupid-ass capitalist ideas. Imagine everything becomes push-button. We're still in a pandemic. You know how fucking stupid self-checkout is right now in a fucking pandemic? I don't know what the fuck the stores look like where you are. Where I am, yo, self-checkout is a super spreader event all the fuck long day. People with no masks, coughing and sneezing over the same machines that everyone's using and touching the fucking buttons on and talking over them. Just fucking spread nasty at fuck self-checkout. That shit is nasty, it's unsafe, it's dangerous, and it's just a bullshit fucking job killer for no reason. But I guess because it kills so few jobs. There's so many more other jobs that exist in cashier. Fuck them. Studies show that millennials would much rather buy on a tablet than from a human being. Mm. And so uh, the, the transition, studies have shown in the past, they're controversial, but studies have yeah. shown that raising the minimum wage has long-term not cost jobs because...
Now, I, that one, I want to I wanna spit back at that one. The millennials would rather buy on a tablet than from a store. I don't really know. I haven't seen a study, and I also don't know how the questions were asked. Like, would I rather buy on the tablet than from the store? For me, actually, no. I want to walk in the store and actually really see the shit. Sometimes really touch the product. Does it feel like quality to me when my when my hand touches it? Right, but like I want um I want a shower curtain that has a cool like afrocentric print on it. I have to get that shit online. It's not in the damn store. The st- if it was in the store, you know how black people shit is. It's fucking locked away with 10 security cameras on it, right? Go look at black hair care products in a fucking store. Yeah, I, I would rather, no, I would actually rather not. And I am what you call a millennial. Been one for quite some time. People more money in their pockets. The, pro- the problem, of course, prices, is that they're but... all theories, right? I mean, it's also part of the socialist theory that you create a price floor, mandate certain wages. I mean, that's a socialist theory. Yes, and, that's and... part of it. But it's... Wait, is it? For you academics out there, I don't fucking know. Send me a message when you hear this episode, right? Leave a message on the damn Patreon. Um, tweet at Phoenix Leader. Is that a socialist theory that you create? What do you say you create a floor? Run that back 10 seconds. The problem, of course, is that they're all theories, right? I mean, it's also part of the socialist theory that you create a price floor or mandate certain wages. I mean, that's a socialist theory. Yes, and, that's and part of it. You create a price, a price floor and mandate certain wages? Are there, are there academic socialists actually out there saying some shit like that? But, but oh, it's who? also that the technological revolution have changed the Do you rules believe of the that game. a minimum wage is necessary, first off? Well, it's a great question. Necessary is a question. The living wage requirement is something like, in New York State, something like $12.75 mm-hmm. to be able to afford to support yourself right. and your family. Yo, did she just motherfucking say in New York, wait, at $12.75? Let me run that back. Question. The living wage requirement is something like, in New York State, something like $12.75. Mm-hmm. $12.75 fucking cents? She said that out loud on purpose. This is the This is the leader of the business partnership. I, I just need to I, I just want to do one of those fucking rudimentary searches. Like n- nigga, no the fuck you didn't. You know what? Why why even search that? That is so not a serious fucking sentence. I would like to point out again. That when I was getting 18 bucks an hour and I had that week where um, the car crash hit. So I used straight vacation hours for a straight 40 hour week. That shit, the check was like $513,512. That was at 18 an hour. 18 was 500 punk ass motherfucking dollars for the week. There are 52 of those in a year. If it was a thousand, it'd be roughly 50,000. So imagine what half of that is. 500 is half of a thousand. It would be well, it would be $25,000 a year. That's poor as fuck, no matter where you are. And to my understanding, New York, San Francisco, Seattle, 
uniquely expensive. She said that shit out loud in front of people on purpose. To be able to afford to support yourself and your family in New York State. Yourself and your family. $12.75 a fucking hour. So certainly some raise in the minimum wage is uh, is appropriate. And the current New York is we established 1320 is the current. This clip is from 2015, September 14th. Question is, on the offset side, we also are the highest tax state. We have the most uh, burdensome business regulatory environment. There should be a converse. It's just a business regulatory environment. Wasn't there a nigga in 2000, um, I think 13 or 14 that was trying to run a, a political campaign on the rent is too damn high? You don't think you might not have a land leech problem, a greed problem, a capitalism problem, a Western culture problem? Conversation, both about improving the skills of workers, because most entry-level workers, right. non-English speaking, yep. many undocumented, many having uh, no ju- skills. What the fuck? Then just fucking pay them. They have to learn some new special skill. Anything that anybody does, fucking pay the nigga. God damn, cashier, pay him a thriving wage. Forklift driver, pay him a thriving wage. Truck driver, pay him a thriving wage. Machine operator, pay him a thriving wage. Hotel clean up the room person, I don't know the name of that job. The hotel clean up the room person, pay him a thriving fucking wage. Cut the silly shit. I guess they need to learn another new skill. The fuck is your skill, nigga? You sit up on Fox News and say the talking points, and you're just part of a 501c3. God damn, nigga, you specialize in Zoom calls. Fuck you. It's the web question I was going to ask you. Who is getting the minimum wage? Is this students with no experience? Is this is this people actually who are leading families? I mean, what's the percent? What's the breakdown? Stuart, nobody should be deliberately impoverished. All right, let, let's let, let the segment play. Shit. In terms of who's getting this minimum wage? Well, all good questions. In the fast food industry, they there was something like 60% of the workers they felt were heads of family, women or men heads of family. So it, it's not all young students. The- yeah, nigga, that's why the fucking nigga, that's why the goddamn fast food place is open at 5 a.m. so you can get your hot coffee with, with, with some tort reform. Hot coffee and put in some tort cream. <laughs> the entry level workforce is varied. As I say, many non English speaking people end up in, you know, 40% of, of New York City residents are first generation immigrants. Many, uh, many have, and many are unskilled, non high school graduates. Uh, we still have a 68% high school graduation rate. So we've got a lot of people who do not have. Nigga, what the fuck is the Senate skilled at? What's Congress skilled at? What the fuck is the typical CEO actually, actually fucking skilled at? To where if you put them, if you put me and that nigga in front of a task that neither of us has ever done before, are you betting on them or are you betting on me? 
because these hands have handled hot pans in and out of ovens, handled brooms on floors from state to state, handled machines on wrenches from state to state. I said machines on wrenches. Flip that. The Say the wrench part loud or the machine part wrench. <laughs> nigga. Flip nigga. I've done the tech shit. Right? I do the podcasting. I've done entertainment. Audio engineering. Built my own website. Like, put me next to the fucking CEO of the company I'm currently employed by at a task we've both never done before. I'm telling you, the word skill is a bullshit weaponized word at some level. Well, the way they're using it. I do under, I'm, I'm nuanced enough to understand developing a skill. One may have more of one skill in one area than another person. But they're using the word skill in a bullshit way. Real bullshit way. It's not slick skills but these are the kind of complex problems along with the impact of technology that we've got to be dealing with the simple lever the easy fix that politicians want to run to in terms of raising the minimum wage to solve income inequality simply is not going to work but also easy fix nigga you uh, earlier in the segment what did you say it's such a small percentage of people wouldn't you think that less people would be easier to pass a bill for to pass a wage hike for wouldn't that be very easy because it's such an infinitesimal amount of motherfuckers anyway no no Catherine no damn it Catherine work so it sounds like it's a jobs killer Kathy well, I would say that it is not the solution that we're looking for and for those industries that depend on entry-level unskilled workers, they're low-margin industries and they are not be able, going to be able to keep pace unless they get some relief on the other side, on the tax regulatory side and some incentives for providing training for their workers. Really an important subject. Kathy, we so appreciate you joining us today. Nigga, if they couldn't do it, why are they in the why are they in the capitalism anyway? Hell, wine seller media. Guess what I can't afford? I can't afford to hire more co-hosts. Guess what I don't do? Bring in more co-hosts and be like, yo, check this out. I'ma give you two dollars an episode, yo. <laughs> no. You just don't do it. It's exploitation. Maybe I'm arguing from some ethical moral shit. Fucking motherfuckers. All right. It's 1.15 in the p.m. It's almost time for me to go work for five hours. Let's close it out real quick with fucking Kid Rock. Article up on January 30th by Fox News staff. Uh, and this article was reposted by the folks over at the New York Post. And Kid Rock uh, is on a tour called Bad Reputation. And he went to his official Facebook account to reveal that he won't be performing at venues that require COVID-19 masks or vaccination. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk about that. This is a quote from Kid. I don't know how he talks, actually. Uh, quote. There's been a lot of talk about vaccine mandates and, uh, and venues. People saying, I'm not going to that venue because it's because of the vaccine mandate and this, that, and the other. Trust me, we've done all our, our research on this, and the consensus says that all this, uh, 
that all this is going to be done. If there are any of these venues, I'm not aware of any, but if there are any, they're going, uh, they're going to be gone by the time we get to your city. If they're not, trust me, you don't have to worry. You'll be getting your money back because I won't be showing up either. Okay, so he's saying, claiming on the face booze that he's going to cancel at spots where there's masks or vaccines. And so basically he's going to host super spreader events. He's going to engage in Western culture and get people sick and cause death. And this is just... This is just what they get to do. Oh, damn. Is there... What is it? What's up, everybody? Thoughts to um, liberal media. There's your clickbait for tomorrow. Fuck with me. Can I said this about mandates? He's not showing up. Fuck y'all. Anyway, um, music. I'm glad that you're all digging the new songs, man. It's, um, it feels good. Works. Okay, so it looks like he just did a Facebook Live while in a studio session. All right, fucking Kid Rock, son of a rich man, acts like a poor man in front of poor people for money. And then the funny shit is, I'm looking at, a, they have a shot of Kid Rock, um, and the shot is, it's a picture, and he has Make America Great Again on the stage, a sign, and it says, Kid Rock spent most of his time during the pandemic in the studio working on his album. Yeah, and it's a shot of him with some people playing instruments. And the... It looks like someone in the back. I can't tell what instrument they have. They have on a blue mask. And another person in the back working... um, It looks like a microphone has on a white mask. So Kid Rock does work with people with masks. And he he understands that they're going to have that safety concern. And he doesn't fire them. He doesn't refuse to work with them. But for his publicity stunt, for his right-wing McMurrican branding, he's going to play these games with the fucking venues. You gotta, you really just gotta take him out back and fucking beat him to death. That This is how, fuck it, you know what, I'll never get to monetize anything on YouTube. But, and that's, you know what, yeah, that that's all you got. That's, I'll do my part. I'm, security will stop me, but if I see Chris Rock, Kid Rock, I'll at least try to fucking, you know, you know, plant some knuckle hammers on him before security takes me down or some rabid Alex Jones fan, whatever. Fine. WineSolarMedia.com. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> off of those fucking wild ass overtime hours. And I think I hit up Matt Loco on the Patreon. I got to hit up Matt Loco. I'll hit you back up on the text message. I think I saw a notification of a text message, but I was so caught up in my fucking first day off of work. (laughs) I just fucking, I think I stayed in bed. I couldn't even keep count of the hours. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 hours, I was just in bed, kind of on and off sleeping. And then I got up and ate a whole bunch of uh, starch and bread and a little bit of meat. And, um, and now I'm just trying to get my body back into a regular way of functioning. My body is very weird right now after all those overtime hours. All right, let's get the funk out of here. WineCellarMedia.com.